0: Up 5-2 in the bottom of the ninth inning, Camilo Duval comes in again, and again he blows the save for the second consecutive night. I think his fourth consecutive blown save. And so, man, w- were things looking ugly there. And this would have been just a catastrophic loss for the Giants. But they got through that bottom of the ninth without the Phillies scoring the winning run, and they scrapped, they fought. They clawed and they had their grittiest win and their best win and their most important win of the year. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites. Beyond the Box score and Rotographs, I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening today. Download the Bunches app today, and... When you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description below to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today where you can chat with people like me and all the other Locked On hosts. And coming up on today's show, what a ball game. What a ball game yesterday for the Giants. Playoff vibes chills in a way like In that they pulled it off. It would have been tears as opposed to chills if they had lost that game. And it was looking like they probably would after Camilo Duvall gave up a three run homer in the ninth. Walk, walk, homer. Like yesterday, I was critical of Duvall for not throwing a slider, but he threw sliders yesterday. And that wasn't working either. And the I think the home run that Harper hit was on a slider. And so he's just something's out of whack with Camilo Duvall uh, right now. Hard to be overly critical of him, given how good he's been these last couple of years. But obviously they're going to need him down the stretch. But just the scrappiness to be able to overcome that. I thought once they got out of that uh, ninth inning, with the game still tied that I just had a feeling like the feeling was, and I feel like Hunter Pence was all over this as a former player in Pence. I feel like he gets this in a way that you don't really get. If you didn't play, I didn't play nearly at that kind of level, but I did play baseball. I stunk. Like I wanted to play more, but hitting is really hard. I talked about this on my YouTube live the other day. Um, I put a lot of effort into trying to improve as a hitter. And it's just, it was, it hitting is really hard, even at the, you know, high school level. And so these guys, what they do is incredible. But I don't even remember where I was going with that, to be honest with you. But the Giants, they scrapped and they fought and they clawed in that 10th inning. I just had a feeling, oh, as like a former player in Pence saying, basically, if they could pull out a win after a gut-punching three-run homer in the ninth to tie it that that would go just such a long way for team morale belief in themselves and just i mean the the polar opposites that could have been after this game like if they lose it is a funeral on this show today like we're talking Things are not looking good. We're talking playoffs are not looking likely. We're, you know, it. This was just such a swing. Whereas, hey, still all the other teams basically around them, except the Marlins, in the standings, won yesterday. The Reds had a doubleheader and they won both of their games. And so it's a little frustrating when you pick up a win and everybody else does too. But on the flip side, you have to think about if you didn't win, you would have lost a game to all those teams. And so, you know, you've got to think about it that way. But the fact that they did pull this game off and it, you know, Paul DeYoung, we're going to spend a whole segment talking about Paul DeYoung and the huge, huge, I mean, that's a total understatement, spark, not just spark, but just Impact that he made on this game and what a lift that can be for a team that has frankly had poor production out of the shortstop position all season. So, I will also address the you know, some of the feedback I got about DeYoung is that I'm being hypocritical because I said they shouldn't trade for him. That's not exactly how I put it, but we'll discuss that a little. I will explain why right now he's an excellent fit for the Giants but that he wasn't necessarily at the time of the trade deadline but man what a shot in the arm he was yesterday so anyway the Giants with their uh, 10th inning comeback not comeback three runs they put up three runs in the 10th a walk by Patrick Bailey then what happened? A hit by pitch, Wade Meckler, bases loaded, nobody out. And then DeYoung, we'll save that whole conversation for a minute. DeYoung had a single. And then there was this crazy sack fly play where DeYoung was doubled up, but Wade Meckler, to, you know, his legs, Wade Meckler's legs impacted this game in a huge way. And so for everyone who wanted him sent to the minors, I got a lot of people complaining when they, optioned Elliot Ramos as opposed to Meckler in my Twitter mentions. But, you know, he struggled for seven games and I don't think we can judge him that quickly. And I think he showed yesterday what he could do. He showed it off defensively in the ninth. He showed it off with his legs running the bases in the 10th. And he was hitting. And so just so many positives to ultimately take away from this game. And it was just so needed. And so I'm just going to quickly give you an update on the standings and the playoff odds, as I like to do. Um, I went to the minor league page by accident. <laughs> so the the standings, as I continue to say, the West is over. The Giants are 11 and a half back. But in the wild card. Same as it was yesterday. The Giants are half a game back, but they're bunched up with four teams within half a game. So, like, if they win today and the Cubs, Reds, and D-backs lose, the Giants will leapfrog all of them and be the second wildcard team. Well, actually, the Giants don't play today, so never mind. It'll depend if those other teams do play, then that will affect where the Giants stand. But half a game back, you can live with that. It's when you start falling two, three, four, five plus games back that it becomes a serious problem. And they're gaining a little bit of separation from Miami, who's now two back of a playoff spot, one and a half back of the Giants. So quickly, the playoff odds, which briefly dipped below 50% for the first time in two months yesterday, according to FanGraphs. Uh, today, as of right now, fifty-two percent. We are back. It's it is not a huge difference. It was like 47%. But hey, from 47 to 52, we'll take it. And so now it is, according to fangraphs, more likely than not that your San Francisco Giants will be a playoff team. I get it. It's like 50-50. And I get it. This is a computer simulation and not real life. But It's what we talk about on this show. So there you have it. Coming up in just a minute, the impact of Paul DeYoung and why I wasn't saying, yes, absolutely go out and trade for this guy no matter what. But as of now, he's the perfect player at the perfect time for the San Francisco Giants. So we will get into more of that discussion in just a minute. And before we do, I want you to know that this episode is brought to you by Bunches. Locked on Giants fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Go to the Apple Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations and connections with other locked on Giants fans. Bunches is the place where sports fans chat. The Locked On MLB group chat is on Bunches, and there I am. I am there. I just sent out a post right before this episode. Uh, Go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat your favorite team, trash talk the team that you're beaten up on in a particular game, and keep up with the latest MLB news. A lot going on in that regard right now. So uh, chat about your team every day. Join me in the Bunches chat. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked on MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description below to join the Locked on MLB Bunch community today. All right, as promised, Paul DeYoung. are, Are there only like two people who actually were giving me a hard time about this? Perhaps. But uh, I'm going to explain the whole situation and also just discuss what an impact he made on this game. My goodness, what a debut for Paul DeYoung. Like, if they have whoever else they would have had out there, I guess Johan Camargo, they probably lose yesterday. And so, you know, give them one war. It's, that is not how it works. But uh, it was a big day for Paul DeYoung. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, tomorrow on the show, we're going to be getting into some new mailbag questions. I've got a lot of old ones left over. I will look through those and see which ones are still relevant. The problem is I go too slowly. I get like 50 questions and I mean to get to like 10 to 15 of them or 15 to 20 of them. And I only end up getting to like four or five. And so I've got to be better at that, but I'll look through and keep the relevant, you know, because some of them lose relevance because stuff changes, but also stuff has changed now. And so I'm going to be putting out a new prompt. So just FYI, look out on Twitter tonight for that. The Giants, by the way, they play the Braves, the best in baseball Braves on Friday at 715 Pacific. And you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants great pitching matchup. Spencer Strider against Logan Webb. That's one of the best matchups of the season for any team, and specifically, certainly for the Giants. So anyway, Paul DeYoung, you know, he was a guy who, when we were talking trade deadline, which was a major topic of this show for weeks and months, and then, of course, they did literally Almost nothing. They got AJ Pollock and Mark Matthias. It's hilarious. Like, it's content, you know? Like, that's what you all want to hear about. And so I deliver it. But at the same time, like, sometimes the answer should just be, hey, they may do nothing at all. And we're gonna spend two months talking about this, if not more. But Paul DeYoung was brought up a lot, and my answer, as I recall it. Whenever he was brought up, I kept saying, I feel like they need someone who's more versatile because Paul DeYoung is just a shortstop. And at the time, Brandon Crawford was healthy. And so obviously the Giants, they had, was Brandon Crawford healthy? I think he was close to coming back. And you also had Tyro Estrada close to coming back. And so I was saying, like, that's why I was into Tommy Edmond. Because he could play short if needed. He could play second. He could play third. He could play left, center, and right. So, someone like that obviously is a great fit. But for DeYoung, he's just a shortstop. He's played a tiny bit of second base in his career, but primarily a shortstop and for good reason because he's good defensively there. But once Crawford is like healthy, it kind of becomes an issue. And part of the issue is like loyalty to Crawford. And, like, you know, DeYoung is not, like, a superstar, and so are you going to displace displace your franchise icon shortstop Crawford with a player whose overall track record is more that of, like, a mediocre player than that of a star? And to me, the answer, the equation came out to no, but that was all assuming Crawford came back and was healthy. And... We also got a glimpse, was there somebody else, not Schmidt, not Camargo, not Matthias? I feel like there was somebody else who got some looks there, but Crawford has just continued to struggle. Like, to me, he looks just kind of done at this point, frankly. And it could have to do with the injuries he's obviously dealing. He's had a knee issue that's lingered for a couple years. Now he's got left forearm issues inflammation or a forearm strain which is a weird injury given he throws with his right hand it's odd to have strained that left forearm must be from hitting i guess but you know he's getting up there in age paul de young is a good six and a half years younger i believe crawford is 36 and a half ish or something like that but uh paul de young just turned 30 and so you're getting You know, we talk about younger and more athletic. That was a huge theme of last season. And making the move now, yeah, Crawford is over 36 and a half. And DeYoung just turned 30. But what, what did I say that DeYoung brought to the table? I said, he's not a star. He's more mediocre than that. But he's a really good defensive shortstop. And he has power. And he's a major leaguer. Like He's not some guy who's going to come up here and be overwhelmed and potentially just be dreadful. And and I think the floor of defense, which we saw, I mean, he put all of those skills on display. Slow heartbeat in the bases loaded situation in the ninth, in an 0-2 count in extra innings after you've just blown a lead like that. Bases loaded, 0-2 count. I mean, we've seen the Giants strike out in that situation way too many times this year way too many times in a lifetime uh just this year alone it seems but instead in an 0-2 count DeYoung just lines a single that scores two runs and gets the runner from first to third in Meckler once again impacting the game with his speed and So we saw the slow heartbeat and that's just kind of me saying the major leaguer in him because, you know, you throw out a Casey Schmidt in there and I'm not saying he won't ever be a major leaguer, but you get a little bit antsy and you start chasing. We've seen that from Schmidt, right? And from DeYoung, you're just not like they made a great point on the broadcast. Every year, the Cardinals, except this year, have been in contention and made the playoffs and all that. And so he has been through pennant races over and over and over and so I loved that component of it. He didn't look faced at all by that situation. And then he hit a rocket home run in his first at bat. Was it? It may have been his second at bat. But yeah, I think it was his second at bat, but a home run that was huge. I mean, this, this, this game was ultimately close for a lot of it. Well, I guess in the ninth, like, The Phillies got their three runs, so you needed the five in order to have them not win the game on that home run is basically what I'm trying to say. Obviously, hitting a home run is huge. I'm just not remembering off the top of my head if there were guys on base. I think there was a guy on base. But you saw the home run. You saw the slow heartbeat, bases loaded situation. You saw defensively. He made a really nice kind of backhanded play that required then a spin and a throw to second where they got an out. And it's not going to make, like, the total highlight real. It's not going to get written about too much or talked about too much. But a play like that is enormous. And so, again, I'm not out here saying, therefore, Paul DeYoung is a star and he's going to carry him to the postseason. What I will point out, I hope I made it clear, like, the fact that Crawford is injured makes him... like such a better fit than if Crawford was not injured even if I think DeYoung is better than Crawford at this point it's awkward and they haven't shown that they're just going to like bench Crawford basically so um, the last thing I wanted to say is that I had just I had a vibe of Cody Ross 2010 Cody Ross Giants pick him up off waivers I think it was from the Marlins and He joins the team, gets hot down the stretch, and carries them into the World Series and to a World Series championship, NLCS MVP. And it's crazy because uh, Cole Kuyper tweeted out like Paul DeYoung, NLCS MVP confirmed or something like that. And then I said, that's crazy because I had the Cody Ross thought came into my head. And then what was even crazier is that on yesterday's broadcast, they show a clip or whatever a graphic that it was on that day in Giants history that they picked up Cody Ross. And so I guess technically it was the day before that that they picked up Paul DeYoung. But still, the timing, the, Im- the immediate impact, the fact that the game was in Philadelphia where Ross hit those home runs, Cody Ross, uh, in the NLCS and DeYoung hit a home run weird kind of weird stuff and good omens and I feel like the vibes are really really good coming off this game and they would have been really really bad if they hadn't won so anyway coming up in just a minute a little more to get to about some defense and how about the Slater haters and I'm gonna not do a victory lap because I get it the balls weren't hit hard but we're gonna discuss Austin Slater and Wade Meckler's Defense and how it saved the Giants in the ninth. But before we do, I want you to know that this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sleeper. Do you want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to a hundred times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper's now offering up to a 100 times payout. For up to eight pick contests, choose as many as eight players that you like and simply pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right. And you could win big. I keep saying this, but do you think Wilmer Flores is going to hit another home run? He just did again yesterday. Smash more on homers. Do you think uh, with Spencer Strider facing the Giants on Friday that the, that, you maybe want to take the over on the strikeouts is is kind of my advice to you. Strider is the best strikeout pitcher in the game. It'll be fascinating to see what the over under is. But almost no matter what it is, I might take the over with Strider and with the giant strikeout tendencies. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, as promised, some defense, the like something that has... I mean, this year the Giants defense has been pretty good, but they made some spectacular plays that saved them in the ninth inning and kind of gets me thinking about Meckler's impact and how it's two examples of guys that too many fans, in my opinion, were ready to give up on based on small samples. I just don't get it. It's like we never learn that small samples in baseball don't mean much. Will we ever learn that? Anyway, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen. Every day, every day is tomorrow on the show, a mailbag edition of the show as the Giants are off today. And then they're home to face the Braves. They play the Braves at 7-15 Pacific on Friday. Logan Webb versus Spencer Strider. Great matchup. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app search Giants. So yeah, this is like a tale of two players whom many fans on Twitter, that's the thing, I'm on Twitter too much, and a lot of maybe a lot of you aren't on Twitter, and so none of you are even thinking any of this stuff, but it's there on Twitter, and it permeates into my brain, and it makes me talk about it, and I think a lot of you are on Twitter, so you're seeing the same stuff, so it's relevant to a lot of you, but I hope it's not too irrelevant to Too many of you, but basically, I mean, this, I don't think this is a hot take to say I've seen like a lot of legit, you know, giants, reporters, whatever you want to call them, like media members, kind of my peers in a sense, basically implying that there's something wrong with Slater and that you consider making some kind of move with him. And he was, he was something like over for 30. Was it o, between over for 25 and over for 30? He hadn't had a hit since I think it was July 21st until yesterday, August 23rd. So that is, that is obviously bad in a long time. I'm not sitting here telling you, oh yeah, that's, that's fine. No, no problem. It's obviously not good. But, uh, th- you know, the data, is that slumps probably exist, but that we don't really know when they're slumps versus when it's just kind of like random that guys are making lots of outs that they're making their outs in bunches. And there, this has been studied and I, and I think a lot of people's reaction is going to be like, use your eyes. You can just tell he's out of whack. Okay. He's out of whack until he's suddenly not. These are the best baseball players in the world. They don't just suddenly, I mean, sometimes it happens, I guess, but they are very often like they're so skilled and talented that at any given moment, they are capable of putting off a good swing and doing what they've done over a much larger body of work than the most recent. Thirty plate appearances I'm sorry I just yeah I it factors into my mind Slater's been struggling but I'm just every time they send him up there in an important situation I'm like go for it like I have no problem with it whatsoever a lot of you probably disagree and that's fine we don't have to agree but they did it again yesterday and it paid off and it was a bloop but nonetheless Austin Slater Turned on a really inside pitch, I think it was a fastball, and just muscled it into left for a run. And this was an aggressive move by Kapler, which again, I loved. Runner on second, there were two outs at the time. You're taking out Michael Conforto and bringing in Austin Slater, who's been struggling big time. So it's just like, trust the process, stick to the process, don't make panic moves and change your whole belief system based on a small sample in the game of baseball. And they send up Slater. I had, like, I'm not lying. I'm not a puppet. If you call me a puppet, I will block you on Twitter. Like, I've had it up to here with people who are who say stuff like that. <clears throat> but I do trust the process. I do sound like Kapler in this regard. And they sent him up there, and he got a hit. Maybe Conforto hit would have hit a homer, but Slater got a hit. It drove in the fifth run, and that run ru- was critical. Imagine if it was 4-2 to two going to the ninth. That home run by Harper would have ended the game. And so there you have it. And then Slater had another bloop hit later on. So yes, they were bloops, but sometimes bloop hits is what it takes to get it going. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got it going. He's not a hitter who's just going to go o for his life. He did not forget how to hit. So let's cool it a little bit <clears throat> with the Slater slander. So also Meckler, a lot of people were done with him after seven games, and a lot of people coming at me saying it should have been Elliot Ramos who was op- uh who stayed, and Meckler optioned when Ramos was sent out. And I just, I was really blunt, and I said. They won't say it. And so it's kind of nobody, it's no fan's fault for not understanding this because the team isn't like straightforward with this for good reason. I understand why they don't say it. But the fact of the matter is with guys like Elliot Ramos and Joey Bart, they simply don't believe that they're going to have much success in the major leagues. That is obvious to me at this point. They're not just like, they don't just treat every single prospect this way. It is in particular, and it's probably based on like, they have stat cast stuff in AAA so they can see, you know, how they're hitting the ball, what kind of angles, what kind of spin, uh, how hard they're hitting it, and then their strike zone awareness and swing decisions. It's not just scouting anymore. That's part of it. But they have all that. And it gives them a pretty good projection for Major League performance. And I'm quite confident, that, confident the projection they have for Elliott Ramos is just not very good. And so that's why he was optioned. And for Meckler, I think he's a much better prospect than Elliot Ramos. And therefore, he stayed. And it turns out the seven games weren't necessarily indicative of his talent in the same way as Slater, right? Because same exact thing where, I mean, I'm not saying he's he, he might be terrible, but seven games isn't enough to know so. And for Slater, he might have forgotten how to hit, but 30 plate appearances isn't enough to make that determination at all, especially in Slater's case when there's a long track record dating back before that where he's been one of the best hitters in baseball against left-handed pitching and for Meckler uh, I think there's just a lot of tools there that haven't really come out but they came out yesterday had two hits drew a walk got hit by a pitch made an impact on the bases and made a diving catch in the ninth as did Austin Slater that's another skill of Austin Slater's by the way so I, I just don't get it like Have a little more faith in these guys, in my opinion, and patience. Like in baseball, you need like hundreds of plate appearances to really make a determination about guys, not seven or, you know, 14 or whatever, or 30. I'm talking hundreds. Okay. So that's my opinion. I have data to back that up. And I think yesterday it kind of came through and we saw that just because they had been struggling doesn't mean in their next at-bat or their next game that they will continue to struggle. And that's why you keep running them out there. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. A mailbag edition. Look at, look out on Twitter for the prompt. But we'll also use some of the old ones that are left over. So if you asked a question and you're waiting on me to answer it, I very well may get to it tomorrow. Giants play... The Braves at 7.15 Pacific on Friday. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspec. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Caspick K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a ton. So thank you in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now locked on Giants.